Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. We have all sorts of great moments that we're going to be able to come up here and worship together throughout Winter Meltdown. But right now, I get the opportunity to introduce our speaker for the weekend. He has been with us. Man, RVR, he's been with RVR for like... Probably a decade. He's been well, yeah, about a decade. Been in youth ministry for a very long time, but now he's in Pittsburgh with Cornerstone Ministries, being a uh, there a lead counsel there for young adult ministry. So let's make some noise for Brandon Vite. Alrighty, what is up, guys? Excited uh, to be with you. Let's give it up one more time for Liberty Worship Collective. They were awesome. Uh, so, yeah, as, uh, as Sparrow said, my name is Brandon Vyeth, and um, I've spent the last roughly seven years um, as a student young adult pastor at Genesis Church um, in Spring Grove, just north of here. So I know Grace Church Shrewsbury, not too far away, not too far away. So any, any, any other churches from like York, Hanover, Spring Grove? No, just, just Shrewsbury. It's just us. It's all right, guys. We'll hold down, we'll hold down the fort. We'll hold down the fort. Uh, but about six months ago, my family and I, we moved out to Cornerstone Ministries, um, where I came on staff as the discipleship young adult pastor. Um, but I was one summer here in 2013 uh, with Teen Adventure Camp. If you guys have never been here for summer camp, it's awesome. Um, but super excited to be back and to be digging in with you. Um, but I need to introduce you to a few people who are way more important than I am. Uh, the First is my lovely wife. Um, she is insanely uh, out of my league. Um, I know that. I'm fighting above my weight class. All right, fellas, ladies, plug your ears. This is just for the guys for the next 10 seconds. Fellas, listen, I'm going to give you this is the only advice you're ever going to need. Find a girl who's out of your league, marry her before she realizes it, okay? It's, it's a back, but it's a backhanded compliment because she's out of my league, but just a little slow, just a little bit. Um, I love, her, I love her to death, and lucky she's not here right now. She's heard me tell that joke before, so I'm okay. Um, but uh, we've been blessed with three amazing children. Our oldest, Elliot, is four and a half. Um, that is the correct response. Thank you, Winter Meltdown, week six. Okay. Um, our second child, Addison, she is crazy and amazing, and I love her to death. They're going to build. It's crescendoing. I feel it. The energy's coming. And then our youngest, our nine-month-old, Oliver. And the floodgates open. Um, yes, they, they are amazing. Um, Aubrey, just go back to the title slide. We're not going to be able to accomplish anything with that adorable face up on the screen. Um, but guys, listen, excited to be digging in with you together. Something um, that as we spend time in the Word, there's going to be so much stuff going on. We're going to have powerful worship. We're going to be digging into God's Word as we talk through this concept of being freedom-bound. But amidst all of the activities, everything like that, I want us to be able to find moments to focus in. All right, so here's what I want you to do, though. Uh, really awesome pastor by the name of Miles McPherson. I kind of borrowed this from him, but we're gonna do something. I like doing this at, at RVR. It's called the Word Wave. All right, anybody ever been to um, a, a pro sporting event and you did, did the wave? Know what I'm talking about? They're like, woo, that thing. Um, it, I don't, it's so satisfying when it makes, it makes it like the whole way around the stadium. But then who's the jerk that stops it? Like who, who makes that decision to say like, no, we're done. This can be done now. It's gone once around, twice real. Okay, we're done. All right, but here's what's going to happen. All right, so I'm going to start over here. I'm going to start with you guys. All right, I'm counting on you to bring the energy 
and the excitement, this whole section, all right? So we're, so we're doing the wave, but the whole time you have to say the word, word, all right? So, you have to, so, so like as you start the wave, you start saying the word, word. So it's the, it's the word wave because we're getting in the Bible. You get it? It's like, okay. All right, you guys ready? All right, on the count of seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, go. Word. Y'all are good. Like, I'm not saying, like, you should put that on your resume, but you're good. Okay? All right. Wait, wait. You guys, all right, you guys got to throw it back. You got to throw it back. Okay. Ready? On the count of four. One, two, three, four. Go. I like it. I like it. You guys are good. You guys are good. All right, guys. I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. Uh, fellas, remove your caps. Remove your crowns. Uh, let's, let's pray, and then let's get into the word, all right? Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for the fact that we are sitting in a place where we just sang about Jesus. We are opening our Bibles, and we're about to learn about Jesus. And there's no police, police officers coming in to arrest us. We have been blessed with the opportunity to freely learn about, to praise, worship, make a decision to follow Jesus. Now, even though that decision doesn't come free, there are some in other places around the world that have to pay a far greater price to hear about the name of Jesus. So, Father, let us not be ungrateful of the blessing of having the freedom to worship you. I ask that as we dig into your word, that you would help us to see you and your truth, not me and my opinion. And God, we thank you for the time together. We praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, freedom bounds. Guys, what we're going to be doing this weekend, um, I might be jumping back and forth. We'll see. I'm getting a shake. Do you want me to switch over, Brent? Make life easier for you? All right. Um, so, guys, what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to be going through just a few different concepts. We're actually at a high level. We're going to be walking through the grand story of Scripture, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and seeing the, the essence and the concept of freedom woven throughout that story. But before we really dive into that concept, starting tonight with creation, how did this concept of freedom begin? I want to challenge you with something, because I too was so encouraged by the singing that I was hearing, and, and I'm wondering how many of you have sung those songs before, and I'm wondering how many of you have been in church since before you could crawl. And I want to challenge you with this, at least one. I want to challenge you with this. Whether you've heard some of these scriptures, some of these concepts or ideas once or a thousand times, as we pursue a walk with Jesus, we should never get bored of hearing the gospel. We should fall deeper and deeper in love with the message of Jesus. So if this is your first time in something like this, a setting like this, your first time you know, getting into the word at this level, super excited for you, and I hope I get to walk alongside you on this journey. But if this is your umpteenth time at RVR on a Christian retreat, and you're thinking like, oh, I've heard some of this stuff before, I would challenge you to say of, are you tuning out me? Or are you tuning out the Holy Spirit trying to breathe something into you, trying to draw you something, draw you into something deeper or something, see God in a, in a different way. So uh, let's, let's get after it. We've got to start in the beginning, Genesis 1, 1 through 5. Guys, the verses are, most of the verses are going to be up on the screen for you to follow along with, but I strongly encourage you, talk to your small group leader, talk to your youth pastor, your student director. If you don't own a physical version of this book, talk to your leader, get one. 
Get a physical, tangible copy of this book to hold in your hands, to take notes in, to highlight. Yes, having the Bible app on your phone is fantastic, but get used to holding this book in your hand, all right? Genesis 1, starting at verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now listen, guys, for the sake of time, we're not going to be able to go through the entire Genesis 1 account But if you've never heard this message before, if you've never heard the the elements of creation, just to kind of give us an overview, how did the next five, six days of creation go? Day one, we have light, but day two, we have our atmosphere being formed. Day three, we have dry ground and plants. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars. You know what I love about day four? It says in the Psalms, it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were formed, and by his breath, all their starry hosts. So we have a star-breathing creator God that we have the opportunity to know personally, which is absolutely incredible. And we're going to get back to that breath element in, in just a minute. Day five, birds and sea creatures. Day six, land animals and humans. And then day seven, the day of rest or the Sabbath. You know, what I love about this story of creation is it is just a beautiful illustration of God's raw power and creativity. But you know what's so cool about this story is the way in which God creates. The way in which God creates. Now, these are two Latin terms that kind of sum up the way in which God created. Fiat and ex nihilo. Now, that word fiat, it means to command. That when God was creating, he simply spoke and it was. And then ex nihilo, it came out of nothing. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I have found a passion for carpentry, carpentry, and I really enjoy it. Um, But I've never created anything. I've made a lot of things. But I've never created anything from scratch. And I had such satisfaction in building something with my own two hands and getting to that end product and seeing like, oh man, I finished this. I'm I'm so satisfied. Finished a coffee table, finished a bed frame, whatever it might be. And, but then what happens is like a week or two weeks later, I look at that coffee table I made and a week ago, I was so proud of it. And I put it in my living room and I'm sitting there and I got my feet up on it. And I'm like, why is it wobbling? Or I look at that dining room table and I go, oh man, getting crumbs all in the cracks because I didn't seal it the right way. And I start seeing all these little flaws and imperfection in the thing that I had made and I become dissatisfied in something that I had created or made. I've never created anything. I just said that. But out of all these elements of creation, he speaks it into existence out of nothing except for one thing. Except for one thing that God decides to get hands on with his creation. And I love this. This is so cool. Genesis 2, verses 5 through 7. I encourage you, if you've never read Genesis 1, the full creation account, check that out tonight, this weekend. Genesis 2, verses 5 through 7. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. 
and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So throughout all of creation, you have these different days of creation where God is speaking something into existence out of nothing. But then when he goes to make mankind, he gets hands on. And that psalm, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were formed. By his breath, all his starry hosts, that same star-breathing power of God, he breathes into man and he becomes a living soul. Now listen, I wasn't necessarily planning on going this direction. I have to go a little off script here because I realized if we're going to accomplish anything this weekend, if we're going to come to a conclusion that God has freedom for you, God has victory for you, and it's at your disposal, it's at your fingertips, and you just have to reach out and take what God is freely offering to you. If we are going to come to that conclusion, some of you are never even going to hear that message until you hear this. Okay, so I need you to look at me. If you're kind of dozing off a little bit, the person next to you is dozing off, go ahead and nudge them, give them a shoe wedgie, you know, grab that bottom lace and just yank, all right? Um, unless they're Jordans, don't do that. Um, just, just don't do it. That's just wrong. That's like borderline sinful to shoe wedgie a pair of Jordans. Um, but I need you to hear me, all right? So make sure you're tuning in. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what I love about the first part of that verse? For we are his workmanship. The very definition of that word is skill. That God took a great deal of skill in creating you. And if you are coming into this weekend with a mindset of whatever it is God has for me, I don't deserve it. I lovingly say to you, shut up. That you would think your life has become so messed up that your decisions have taken you so far that the star-breathing creator God of the universe can't do anything with you? And if that's your mind, if that's your heart this evening, my, my heart breaks for you. But I'm telling you this, we are never going to be able to even get close to the concept of freedom if you can't hear this first is that God has never for a singular moment regretted saving you. He has never for a singular moment looked at something that he has created and gone, ah, it's a little shaky. Now, yes, he sees our imperfection, but he's got an answer for that. And we're going to get there but I hope and pray you can hear me on this, is regardless of how bad you think you are, God is much, much greater. And he has something for you. 
So he creates man. He gets hands on. And that is an act of skill. It was an act of skill. He focused in on his creation of you. So he creates Adam. He breathes into him. He becomes a living creature. And here's what he does. A few verses later, Genesis 2, verse 15. He's got a job for him to do. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys. My, uh, I know I look super cool now. Um, that's a joke. But uh, my, like, I loved playing all types of sports in high school. I played hockey up through my uh, sophomore year in college. Um, but I'm also a big nerd. Ready for this? I got third place in the New Jersey State Computer Programming Competition. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Um, so there are athletic things about me, and then I'm a super nerd as well. Um, but guys, I love languages, except for English. It's the dumbest language in the world. And I say that, guys, because when we read Scripture, if we limit ourselves to only look at it in English, we, we miss out on so much. We miss out on so much. Because I want you to think about this, all right? This word, to work it and to keep it. The Hebrew words for these draw us to a much deeper, deeper understanding to the task that God was giving to Adam. Now, that first phrase, to work it, is the Hebrew word abad. And it literally means to labor, to serve the land. And then that word keep it is shemeir, which means to observe it, to preserve it, to be a watchman over it. So God takes Adam, he says, I'm going to place you in here, I'm going to give you a job to do. And I want you to observe this land, I want you to protect it, I want you to watch over it, I want you to help it flourish. So before sin enters into the world, God gives Adam a job to do. But he doesn't just give him a job to do, he gives him a rule to follow. And right after this passage in Genesis 2, we get Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. So God gave Adam a job to do, and he gave him rules to follow. Before there were any problems, before there were any hiccups, God gave him a job to do, and he gave him rules to follow. Now, with all that being said, we get to our definition of freedom. Now, this weekend, trying to understand being freedom-bound. What does that word freedom mean? We saw it in that video as we were jumping into worship. That freedom means the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The power to or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. And I want to dig into this just a little more. I need you guys to hang with me here. That word hindrance, it means a thing that provides resistance, delay, or obstruction to something or someone. And that word restraint is a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control or within limits. So when you start to look at this definition of freedom, that it gives me the power to act, think, speak as I want, without hindrance and without restraint. 
Okay, wait a second. Before there was an issue, before there was a problem, before there was sin, God created Adam. It was a piece of workmanship. It took skill. He forms Adam of the dust. He breathes life into him, places into places him into the garden, into perfection, gives him a job to do, gives him rules to follow. Well, wait a second. A job to do, rules to follow. That doesn't necessarily sound like freedom. It sounds like a job to do functions as an obstruction to what I feel like doing. It sounds like rules to follow are simply there to limit me. So was freedom even present from the beginning? And we find ourselves in this weird spot. But guys, here's what we need to understand. is through our experiences in life, you and I have come to an understanding of freedom that is got, not God's definition of freedom. And this is where we get to this concept that in creation we start to see that God is redefining this concept of freedom. So the problem is, is that God doesn't think the way that we do because his ways are higher. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God is starting to change things and reshape things. So if I'm supposed to pursue and find freedom, but a part of God's definition of freedom includes jobs, it includes rules, it includes limits. I thought the very definition of freedom was a world without limits. So here's where we need to start. We need to lay our foundation in this concept. That God creating each and every one of us, everything seen and unseen, reigns as the supreme authority to decide how this world functions. And when he decides to step into the picture and say, hey, this is what freedom is. This is what I want you to pursue. This is what I want you to crave. This is what I want you to seek after. We start to realize that God's definition of freedom, he desires for us to live in freedom, but that does not mean a world without limits. God's design of freedom does not mean simply a world without limits. A world where we can call our own shots and make our own decisions. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I've spent a lot of years trying to call my own shots. And a lot of years making my own decisions. And I didn't feel very free during that time. So what is God's definition of freedom? If it's not a world without limits, if it's not a world where I can do what I want, say what I want, think what I want, well, I thought that was the whole point. I thought that was the very definition of freedom. Brandon? Like I said, I'm kind of a super nerd here. I want to look at the biblical, the two biblical words used for freedom. Now, in the Old Testament, the original language of the Old Testament was Hebrew. In the New Testament, the original language is Greek. And the New Testament, 
The word for freedom, the root word, the base word for freedom in the New Testament is eleutheros. And it literally means freeborn or one who is not a slave, not bound. You start to think, wait a second. So the biblical world for freedom doesn't mean how we define freedom in English? Not even close. And this is the one that gets me. The Hebrew word for freedom is kofash. It means to manumit. You think, I don't even know what that word means. I didn't either until about a week ago. Um, but it literally means to be set free. So if the world's definition of freedom is a life without hindrance or restraint, but before sin even entered the world, God gave men a job to do. He gave them rules to follow. So wait a second. God's definition of freedom does not mean a world without limits. Because in God's desire to bring us freedom, when we start to look at God's definition of freedom, we come to the conclusion we're already chained up. We're already trapped. We're already in bondage. We're already stuck. And what God wants to speak over us is to free us from captivity and bring us into freedom. So even though we're starting with creation, we can see from the beginning of time, not only is God redefining freedom, but as we continue on in this weekend, we're going to see that God is going to continually draw us toward freedom. So y'all come back now, you hear? So guys, here's what we're going to do. I want to pray for us. In the morning, we're really going to get after this. I want light on you tonight. Think, oh gosh, you want light? Jeez. Don't worry. All right, let's pray. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for the fact that every single person in this room, in your sovereignty, the fact that you were all-knowing, you knew every single name. You know every single name of every single person in this room. You know the hairs on their head. You know every single solitary thing about them. You know why they're here. And what's so amazing is not only do you know every person here, but it says in your word, you desire all people to come to a knowledge of the truth. You want, you desire to have every single person here because they were created with skill. Each and every person in this room is your workmanship. And they've been brought here. We've all been brought here for something. And I hope and I pray that as we dig into your word, as we try and discover the freedom that God has for us, that you would open our eyes, you would open our hearts to hear from you, and that we would leave this place changed, that we would walk away from RVR this weekend, a new person, a new creation. But Lord, we praise you, we thank you for our time together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. 
Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.